Good morning. Once more, Lord, set Scotland on fire. And it's not going to happen by might. It's not going to happen by our power. It will only happen by the Holy Spirit moving in you. He's in us. When we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the greatest miracle that can happen to anybody, it happens. We become the tabernacle of God. I was reading yesterday for a long time how lovely is thy dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. David is crying out for the presence of God to be in the house of God. It came to me quite quickly, suddenly, that my physical body was that temple. How lovely is your temple, my temple. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Not to try with all our might. Which I might quite rightly say so many of us have been doing. Early on in the week I put a trail of healing scriptures through the Bible. Stevie has a vision that we share for a million souls to be saved in Scotland. Very possibly the fountain being amongst us here. Not by might. Not by power. But by the Spirit of the living God. Perhaps during those great days when we had the charismatic renewal and Dennis Bennett was over here, we all read nine o'clock in the morning and we had Trevor Deering up often and Colin Urquhart, Andrew Womack, towards the end of that, so many. Maybe we lost sight of the Holy Spirit. You see, the promise of, the great promise in the Word of God is, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we have actually misread that, misinterpreted it unwittingly. Our face has always been looking towards the power. But it's the person of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. 
That's why the Bible would say, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We've been looking at the power, examining, have we got the power? Lord, I want the power, I need the power. Whereas the answer is really in that church, Greyfire Church. As Bill and Agnes said, when you go in, I passed it many times. I've studied in Edinburgh for a year at one time. Used to look, you could see wee grey fires, Bobby. You can see the wee thing. But it's the person and the presence of God that's there. It says in Genesis chapter 20 and in verse 17. Just going to follow this trail. And may the Lord put in our heart a yearning for the Holy Spirit. And to know that he who is with us is the one who changes not. Who is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So Abraham prayed. I'm glad it's Abraham. He's got the H. That's the breath of God in Hebrew. It's Abraham. If you said it like we should say it. There's an emphasis right there on the aspirate. Here is a man with the Holy Spirit. Not a perfect man. But it said, so Abraham prayed to God. He was quite handy with a sword and with a small army. He was a bit of a John Knox, if I might say that, in the Old Testament. A man of stature, a man of strength, a born leader. So Abraham prayed, can I encourage us? Can I encourage me? To pray. So he prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female servants. Then they bore children. Give us children, Lord, spirit-filled children. For the Lord had closed up the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah. Abraham's wife. We know the story. Exodus 15. Going to read from verse 24. We're following a trail. And the people complained against Moses. My, we're a grumpy lot. We really are. We're good at complaining to one another and to God. Often our prayers are just complaints with nice crocheting around it to make it look a wee bit more acceptable to God, but it's grumpy old men and women. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? They were thirsty. 
So are we, Lord. So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Ah. Quite remarkable. I was going to talk this morning about the tree. Not this one. But the cross of Calvary. It tells us in Psalm 22 that the Lord says, I'm a worm. Jacob's a worm. You find it in Job. It's, it's, it's hidden there through the scripture. That word worm is scarlet worm. And Jesus identifies himself as a worm, as a maggot. And this little worm, which is found predominantly in Israel, is called the scarlet worm. That's where the high priest's garments dyed with scarlet come from. When they put that robe on Jesus, it was from the scarlet worm that they got the dye. When that worm is about to give birth, it only does so once. She climbs up to a tree or any post that's big enough to get well off the ground. And there she, in an amazing way, creates a shell around her, glued to the tree. Where the little scarlet worms develop within her womb. And when the female worm attaches herself to that tree, she'll never come off it. The only way to get it off would be to tear it and tearing that shell off She's so attached. Her own body is attached to the tree. You would have to rip the Tola Ath worm, the scarlet worm, to bits. And while she's on that tree, the little worms, as they develop, actually eat the mother, and the mother still lives. Reminds us of Jesus. This is my body. Eat ye all of it. Because if they don't, do not eat from the Tola Ath, the scarlet worm, they'll die. There comes a moment when it's just a miracle of God's creation. A scarlet crimson fluid bursts out from the mother as she dies and covers her children. The children are dyed red for the rest of their life. If we are not born dyed red by the crimson blood of Jesus pinned to the tree, we won't make it. Because one of the 
properties of that scarlet excretion. When it covers these little scarlet worms, the diseases that they will find on the ground will not harm them. And that shell, which is scarlet, after the mother has died, three days later, it turns to wax that looks like wool. And it falls to the ground like snow. There are millions of these worms. Isaiah chapter 1. Let me just read this half to I suppose. You realise I've gone off the trail already. Come now. Let's stand around the tree and consider this. And let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's the Tola Af. Everyone in Israel would know exactly what this meant. If you look at Psalm 22, I have to. My God, my God, a thousand years before the cross, the prophet David, King David, wrote these words. He saw it. The cross was in the heart of God before the world began. Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. Jesus on the cross, forsaken by his Father, having become sin for you and me. But behold what manner of love the Father bestowed on us that we, through his death on the tree, became the scarlet, blood-washed children of God. But you are holy, verse 3, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, they trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And they were not ashamed. But here we're back now to the one on the tree. But I am a worm, a tola ath. I'm not a man. A reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. 
What a fool. I'm putting that little bit in myself. It says in Exodus chapter 15, And the people complained against Moses. He showed them the Lord, so that he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. The stormy waters, the poison waters of a sinful, sick, ridden lives. The tree made a difference. The waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, now this is for you and me today. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and I'm going to tra trace this, if I have the time, through the scriptures now in a moment. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God. You must actually read this with your heart. Amen? Yeah. You trust in the Lord with all your head? No, with all your heart. It's from the heart. The streams of living water will flow from your belly, actually. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. And I really just wanted to get this last little bit. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. The remnants of the Tola Ath on the tree are taken off by pharmaceutical companies. And it's a mighty cure for heart diseases. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. And the red stain on that tree will stain that tree forever. It cannot be removed <laughs> by any means. The world has a heart disease that only the blood of Jesus. Psalm 103. We all know this one. I can find Psalm 103. This is a new Bible. My old Bible, I would just say Psalm 110, it would actually flip itself. First three verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, the benefits of the Tola'ath, if you like. Who forgives all your iniquities? 
who heals 99.9% .9 of all your diseases like Domestus. No. <laughs> he heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. I'm wanting to verse 4. I'm only saying that because many, many years ago, I lived on Cumbernauld Road at the Rupert Fields facing Hugginfield Lock. I was in the manse of the lovely church that stands there. I was a student pastor while at Stirling University. And I was an avid reader of Banner of Truth books. I only bought Banner of Truth for years and devoured Spurgeon and Whitfield and that kind of company. And in one of the books that I had bought, there was a postcard that if you sent it back to Banner of Truth, they would send you a free subscription for three months to the Banner of Truth magazine. I thought, that's for me. Now, the bus that takes me right to the University of Stirling at Bridge of Allen, the bus stop was right at my garden gate. It was a beautiful sunny morning. The kind of morning that you dream about in a dreary, dark winter's day. It was a gorgeous morning. And I filled out the little postcard and I went out. The pillar box was right opposite my front gate on the other side of a very busy road. I looked this way and that way and the road was clear. I went across the road and put my banner of truth postcard into the red post box and I saw my bus coming in the distance. I went down at the golf course. I turned that way and there was cars coming. The lights had changed. And I could watch it coming. In front of the bus, there was a great big truck full of timber. Right piled high. Plywood sheeting. Maybe 15, 20, 30, 40, I don't know, it was high. And there only one bus every hour. Right. I'm like this, in a beautiful morning. Should I run, should I? No, I couldn't. And as the traffic cleared, the big truck came round the corner and turned right over. Shed all its timber all over the lamp, no, the post vanished, my garden wall vanished. I walked across the road, the driver was all right. The bus was pulling out to move on. You wouldn't believe it. And I jumped on the bus up the stairs and I looked back and I went. You don't really think much. You just say. Who redeems your life from destruction. There's a gentleman called Ronnie in my church. And he loves to tell the story. Because he worked for the corporation on cleaning up wrecks on the road. And it was in the paper. Ronnie told me that a young man was miraculously conserved and preserved. Ronnie came and was one of the guys 
clearing away all that debris. And he found the Lord and comes to our church. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Ah, let's sing it one time. Are we ready? Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free it says in Isaiah 35 and in verse 4 say to those who are fearful hearted be strong do not fear Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God. And it says, the last little bit of verse 4, He will come and save you. Can you say amen? amen. You know, one day you'll maybe be standing at a bus stop and you'll see a lorry coming and you think, it's going to just all fall over the top of me and suddenly. See, how did I get here? I hear the angels singing. I see the Lord high and lifted up. And he's, how did I get here? I did not die. I was translated from this life to the real eternal life beyond. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were about to die, yet shall he live. Whosoever lives and believes in him, never die peril, never. Fear not. That says this, he will come and save you. When we are saved, I believe, if I might just make a digression here, we're in a, a pickle in the world today, at least in the Western world, because we've made salvation simple and shallow. Yeah. But in the old days, when they would come to the penitent seat, they would pray through a 
until the floor might be wet with tears. Yes. Maybe not even the tears of the penitent, but the one seeking to lead them to the living God. Mr. Wet Eyes. And when they got through, they would maybe end up singing and dancing all night, never going to bed. Rejoicing in the Lord. Take up the bed, forget bed. When he saves you, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, the tongue of the dumb sing. And then it talks about revival. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness of Scotland and streams in the desert of Glasgow. The mission halls will open again. I read this week Peter Drysdale's book. from virtue to adversity or the other way around. The demise of the mission halls of Glasgow. I was telling the guys, I had the book for years. I only read it this week. I seem to know half the people personally in that book. David, you would know the other half. <laughs> I knew the David Boons, the Mr. Scott of the railway mission in Springburn, Vulcan Street, Sam McElroy in Mary Hill, John White in the Tallbooth. I mean, I knew them all, I had many more. John Moore, Peter Donald, Jimmy Fitch on the piano. Remember? I want to sing Thank You, Lord, again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's a sad it's sad I sat on committees I sold the tent hall having been offered it superintendent I said no I knew the trouble it was in but what a mistake I got the Bethany hall gifted I went into hospital and I was in a special chair for a year can you believe that in a kind of dentist chair for a whole year and by the time I get out of my chair, somebody else had nicked it. Because <laughs> I didn't have it in writing, but it was all right because it was a good friend of mine. And it's still there today, is the Bethany housing. The boy Berry, Alan Berry. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I never seemed to get an invitation to a gospel hall ever again. Strange. I became despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. 
And they all hid their faces from me. And away it made worms, as the wee song says. But it talks here about the highway of holiness. These men were all holy men. I couldn't, I, 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 I would be honoured to wash their feet. I remember one ended up in Canada. I was having coffee with him one day and he says, Alec, a well-known Baptist, I'm not telling you his name, but it was Gordon Heath, right? <laughs> Gordon says, do you remember I used to vanish under the pulpit before the sermon? And on a Wednesday night, I went to the prayer meeting. I was playing in tongues, and you're dirty and that, you never told anybody. <laughs> Do you know he was a man on fire? He was a man on fire. He went to, I think it was Wishing Well Acres Baptist Church, mm-hmm. Toronto. And you know when Gordon actually, it's me, I'm wandering away. When I, he actually, nobody had met him in Wishing Well Acres. So he went to Canada after being invited, and he went to the prayer, prayer meeting, and he said, this is him, means him and I talking in his house. In fact, in the Baptist Mass in, in Toronto, <laughs> he says, he says, they're all praying about the new minister. Lord, let this man, Gordon Heath, be a great blessing. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. He says, I, I sneaked in after I started and I sneaked out. We don't have to sneak about, though, do we, really? I'm sharing that because he was a wonderful, glorious man. I know what it was like. If, he, if it had been known, revival came to Hamilton Baptist when Gordon Heath became the minister the very first night I was there at the prayer meeting. And do you know what he said? I mean, at the prayer meeting at Hamilton Baptist, I, I, I loved it. But let me just say this. The only thing I remember about the prayer meeting is the clock ticking. Just silence. I never prayed once. You were threatened to break the silence. Maybe there were presence of the Lord within that silence. But when Gordon came, the first thing he said was, Now, ladies and gentlemen, he was still a fire. He said, Alistair Begg took over from him. He had a good foundation by the time. He said, I don't like silences and brilliance. He said, if there's a silence, I'll start him or you start one. But we're going to sing. We're not having any silences. Do you know, it took about a month and we were in the big hall from the wee prayer room. There was hundreds at the prayer room. Could you turn with me to Luke chapter 4? better finish. I'm looking at Charlotte. She always gives me the, the your dead look. This is the, this, this is the fundamental declara- declaration of 
the mission statement of Jesus. And he says, follow me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Matthew 4, just for a minute, just to prove I've got a trail here. Twenty-three, twenty-four, And Jesus went about all, he was fulfilling now his mission statement. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues. And we need to go about all Glasgow. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. I kind of wept last night looking at that story of the shootings down there in England. Excuses that weren't getting made for the guy that did the shooting. Shot his own mother. Shot one of the most beautiful men with his little child. And you look into that man's eyes and it's the devil that's looking back. Sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them all. Can I just look at, I mean, I've got many, but Luke chapter 9. This is now pertaining to this group here right now and other small groups like this. Verse 1. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples together. You know, they were always arguing amongst each other. Who's the greatest? He called them together as if they were a disparate group and they were all one in Christ and gave them power and authority. We learned this in the charismatic movement, didn't we? Dun- dunamis and exousia. 
power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. That's what he's... Let me say this. That's what he's given to us. Yes. That we're not using. If he's dwelling in me. Colossians 1.27 Christ in you. The hope of glory. Gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. It says in verse 6, So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And then we get chapter 10. See, after... After the 12, we've now got the 70. After these things, verse 1, chapter 10, Luke's Gospel. After these things, the Lord appointed... I can find it. Here we are. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was to go. And he said this in verse 8, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you and heal the sick. And say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Yes. If we can look at Mark Gospel. Chapter 16. See, first of all, the 12, then, then the 70. Now to all of us. And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. You know that new tongues, that's the language of your spirit man who's come alive. We don't speak in Italian or French in the spirit. We speak heavenly languages. We need to learn not to neglect our speaking in tongues privately. I have to fight nowadays to even begin to pray in tongues. Because every demon in hell is trying to stop you. Yes. It's the language of the Spirit. Right. And in the language of the Spirit, when you're praying, the Bible says you can interpret. And in those interpretations, the Lord will give you marvelous insights, revelations. 
holy directions. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. If I can go to 1 Corinthians 12, you understand where I'm going. Verse 7. It's a smorgasbord here of the good things of God to cause us to win a million souls in Scotland. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. I am there, but James chapter 5. Verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? What a state our country's in. Let him pray. Abraham prayed. And the king was healed. We can pray for kings and those in authority over us. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forevermore. Malachi 3 and 4. I am the Lord. I change not. What did the Lord say to Moses? I am the Lord that healeth thee. Remember years ago, I was privileged to share the platform with Colin Urquhart. He became a dear friend. would come often to victory on Sunday nights. Not many folks came, but what a great man of God. What a great teacher of scriptures. And we were privileged. I was privileged. It was St. Andrews and David Black one of the most wonderful pastors ever to be in Scotland. And I'm putting John Knox in that equation and the Wishers and all the others. David Black was a a man amongst men, a king 
I can hear his laugh still. David organised it. Colin preached Monday, Tuesday. I preached Wednesday and Colin Thursday, Friday. And a man had come. In a wheelchair all the way from England to this conference. And he was on a pension because of, he had been injured permanently at work. But he had had a word from the Lord that he would be healed in St. Andrew. The night before, Colin really, really preached on healing. So much so, I get fed up. I walked out. Is that long? Anyway, I have to conserve my strength for the next day. Next day, I, I was preaching. I hadn't met this man. But when I was coming at the end of my talk, I was talking about some very special healings that I'd seen just recently at that time. And suddenly there was a great commotion in the church. It was one of the big churches of Scotland on the main street. And, and Colin was very alert. He was in the front. It was like a riot broke out. That's, I found it quite scary. And that man got up out of his wheelchair. He was going to lose his pension. And he walked down that aisle. Now, the guitarist, whose name I forget, was a quite hefty guy who had permanent back damage and various other things. Heart damage. He was playing the guitar and his whole body straight. So much so, his big trousers, he had to hold them up. Because his, his body all changed. And it was a, like a riot. I'm standing there and I said, well, I'm on the platform seeing this guy. And I had actually started my little sermon by, there once was a preacher called Black, whose theology proved that that was Black. And then when da 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 the elders gave him the sack. We carried, whether we're Colin Urquhart or whether we're you and me, a mandate from God for signs and wonders and miracles. It's there in First Corinthians. Apostle Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I would rather than church speak five words in a language everybody understands and 10,000 in tongues. I, I know we've talked about And so do we. And tongues are not for believers, they're for unbelievers. Now let me just say this as I finish. You've been really patient. There is somewhere in the heart 
of our Christian community in Scotland, if not elsewhere. That miracles are not for today. We fight against it, but it's there, it's deep. It's deeper than maybe our shallow conversion experience. I'm, I'm saying that humbly, but not, not pointing the finger. Some areas were unbelievable. Although we don't say that. Tongues are for unbelievers. Not for the world, but for unbelievers. Do you remember when Jesus rose from the dead? And the testimony came from you know, one or two. From the woman. They keep saying all the scriptures. They didn't believe them. They didn't believe them. They didn't believe them. But who? The apostles. The disciples. <coughs> then, after prayer and waiting, there was a sound from heaven. As of a mighty rushing on. And they all spoke in tongues and prophesied. And the world was never the same again. Lord, you've never changed. Thy will be done in Scotland as it is in heaven. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord your healer. I set my heart and heal your disease. I am the Lord your healer. Let's sing that again, eh? I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord your healer. You sent your word and healed my disease. I am the Lord that healeth thee. 